welcome to Camden Cast. This is Tanvi. I'm Erin. And this is our Seventh Heaven podcast. Yes, on today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be talking about season four, episode 14 of Seventh Heaven. The title is Words, uh, or in Germany, the title is Open Wounds. Our IMDb user synopsis is New parishioners Carver's son Bobby has a condition, allegedly ADD, but former Tourette's patient Louis Shea, MD, recognizes that's the problem. Only Pa, Bill Carver, can't cope with the diagnosis on account of the family past. Simon sticks up for Bobby against the bully jocks captain, while Mary makes an absurd drama of a remark Simon didn't even realize. Matt is in a stage where he refuses to take calls from Shauna. The next bodes even more trouble for their long-distance relationship. What was your first impression of this episode? Well, you know what? I actually really liked everyone in this episode. Um, Except for Matt. Yeah. Mostly because I don't understand what motivates him. What drives Matt? Instant gratification. Yeah, actually, you're right. Um, but I don't. I've never had an, ep- or it's been a very long time since I've had an episode where everybody like I liked everybody and what they did and their motivations and their story arcs. Um, and other than Matt, I was pretty happy with everything. Even the revs, like usual meddling, Ugh. was not as irritating as it usually is. Um, but the way they wrote the people in the... Yes, that was irritating. Yeah. Um, I guess that's I mean, that's going to be my main point for my first impression. I do not appreciate how they have characterized the wives of Glen Oak that aren't Annie. Um, every time the Rev was helping a couple, it seems like one... It seems like the patriarch of the family is in denial and the matriarch needs to sneak in the background to, like... Get, because she like they have no agency and they're just like they yeah, don't like they like they're don't just have wives. a voice. Yeah. I I like I would like one for them to have their own voices, but two, why does it always have to be the patriarch that's in control? Why not the matriarch being like the controlling one? Anybody can be controlling regardless of gender. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's my first impression. All right. Okay. Let's go. Let, let's let's go to the cold open. So and you the, kept saying about how... Yeah, this oh. is the first time we're at church for a while, in like a very long time, I feel I like. I think maybe the first time in season four. I feel like we were... Did we not go to church? No, we didn't. We haven't been to church in season four yet. Yeah. Why? Oh, because of the heart attack, so he probably wasn't Oh, working. yeah, that was the whole thing. He hasn't worked. Um, so, um, it is uh, church time, where... We immediately find out that Ruthie has something to tell Lucy, uh, that Mary is mad at Simon, and that the Carvers are new in town. So apparently in Glen Oak Church, it is tradition for whenever a new family moves in and attends their first Sunday service, that they must stand up and everybody must clap for them. This is not a thing in real churches, though. I didn't say it was real in churches. I said in Glen Oak Church. I'm just saying, people come and go all the time. Uh, well, not in Glen Oak. You come you make and a you real stay commitment to your forever. church. Yeah. Um, so the Carvers, uh, Bobby Carver is the son. It's Bill Carver and Sheila Carver. Bobby Carver is played by Sean Pyfram, and he, he 
Well. Well. I, I actually watched Desperate Housewives. So Go ahead. He played Andrew on, well, like, the, he was a young child here, but um, you may recognize him from, uh, I was going to say Seventh Heaven, uh, Desperate Housewives, where he played Andrew, who was the son of, um, oh, what's her name, Marsha Cross's character, so Bree, and I forget what her husband's name was, but anyway... Um, that's all I recognized him from. But he's been in, like, a whole lot of everything. Yeah, he was in Buffy. He and uh, the actor that plays his father, Bill Carver, were also all on Malcolm in the Middle, Eight Simple Rules, um, Reba. These are all... No, not all of them. A couple of these shows are uh, WB shows. Most of them were AB... Well, like, Reba, wasn't that on ABC? Reba was on WB. WB? Oh, yeah. Um, and so was Buffy. Um, so yeah. I know that, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's him. He's there. So the Rev decides to begin his ser- his sermon, which is about beginnings in Genesis, but he doesn't get to the, his point because um, Bobby starts repeating everything that the Rev says and then keeps on going. Um, and it, like, isn't... Uh, and, uh, yeah, like, it's it's, like, loud enough to be, like, a disturbance, and then... All of the people in the church start laughing, um, and the Rev is like, oh, thanks for the help, Bobby. And then the kid, he, then he, like, starts repeating, like, whatever the most, Bobby starts repeating whatever the most recent thing the Rev said was. And then, finally, the Carvers get up and leave. Um, and during this whole time, I just think that the, what, the appropriate thing for the Rev to do would have been to keep going and pretend it wasn't happening instead of pausing and staring at this family, because then, like, there's nothing else to focus on, so everyone else in the church is going to stare at them. So, I don't know. I, I think... No, but. I completely agree. Um, we Also, during this scene, um, the camera points to another member of the congregation, which we'll later learn about, who plays a very important role in this episode. So, clearly, something is up with uh, Bobby. And the Carvers get up and leave because they're very embarrassed. Um, and and that, then I think the opening credits yes. roll. So, we'll get to Matt's entitlement. Or yeah. instant gratification, that's what I said. No. Yes. He was um, not entitled in this episode. Yeah, we'll return to the Carvers at the end of this podcast. Um, so, what, as the, like, user synopsis said, I think he's doing, he's always doing laundry at the Camden's house. Yeah. Um, and that's where we kind of pick up with him. Um, and he knows that something's off right away. And we learn that he does not think things are working out well with Shauna. Um, Shauna calls the Camden house. Um, she called John and Matt's place, but John said he was there. And when Annie goes to give the phone to Matt, Matt's like, I'm not here, I'm not here. And he kind of runs out. So uh, so he's avoiding Shna yeah. for one reason or another. Um, this continues on to when they're back, when he's back in his apartment. I think, oh, he calls her, and after it rings twice, he hangs up. Then she calls him back and leaves him a voicemail, which he's, like, listening in on. But basically she's saying, look, I know you're there. I know you're the one that just called. Um, you can't avoid me forever. I, like, I'm, re- like, please talk to me. And when he doesn't, like, answer right away, she goes, well, look, maybe when you're ready to talk to me, I'm not going to be ready to listen. We don't know what they're fighting about specifically. I'm going to assume that... Whatever they fought about in the previous episode is now carrying over into this episode. So just basically, 
like the long distance. Uh, yeah. It like her mis- jealousy. Yeah. Um, like all communication of- issues. Um, Matt, I think Matt. I don't know who makes the phone call this time. I don't know if Matt's the one that calls, or Sean is the Sean is the one that calls, but. They get on the phone with each other. I think it's Matt finally initiates a call. And he basically says, I think we need a break from each other. Um, so, again, the scene, I feel like this is a good idea, um, given that we, realize, like, you know, we, we know Matt's history with long-distance relationships, and so far in this long-distance relationship, it's not working out with them. Like, either they miss each other, or he doesn't trust what she's doing, or she doesn't trust what he's doing. And it's clearly hurting him. So when he goes and tells his mother that he and Sean are on a break, Annie is very much of the opinion that the best things in life don't come easy, like, whatever. So that they should... Like, give it a try, like, just because it's... Yeah, because, like, Camdens don't give up because things aren't easy. Yeah. Um, and she said, if you're going to break up with Shauna, don't do it because it's too hard. Do it because... Like, you want to break up or something. Yeah, you or know. you don't love her anymore, or you don't feel the way that you do about her. And he... I guess I'd, like... I don't know. I don't really know what's going on with Matt because then Shauna calls him and apparently Shauna was trying to like get to Glen Oak. Like she talked about how she thought about booking a plane ticket but couldn't afford it. That she thought about uh, taking the train but that would take too long or a bus that would take even longer or driving but she like sold her car when she moved to New York. Basically, yeah. she wants to make things work. Yeah. But we see from the get-go in this conversation, which happens at the end of the episode, that she seems more invested in the relationship than he is because guess who's at the door? It's Heather because Matt has only ever had two, like, long-ish relationships and he apparently, I don't know. I mean, after you broke up Heather's wedding and then we're like, never mind, you you misunderstood why I... Broke up. Broke, like, broke up your wedding. I don't love you. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'd really want to see him again, but apparently... So, this is really the end of this. He just, like... Well, Heather says it's it's so cool of Shauna or whatever to be okay with you, go like, hanging out with me or whatever, and Matt's like, yeah, but of course, Shauna has no idea. Um... I, I, so, I, so I guess we get the idea that they're hanging out as friends, but obviously Matt is like, oh, I want to... Uh, it seems like he is looking at it as something more, or something that could potentially be something more. Because the way that they've shot this, the way that they had Barry Watson act this, it seems that like when, like you can tell from his facial features that when he's talking to Shauna, he's kind of over it. But as soon as he sees Heather, his face like lights up. Yeah. Um, so. And he's obviously been avoiding, uh, like, Shauna for some reason. And so we think this reason now is we Heather. Learn. Yeah. Um, uh, so I guess we'll see where this goes. Um, I'm pretty sure this means that Heather is back in the picture for a while. I know that you said that uh, she. Yeah, she cycles in and out, but uh, yeah, I don't. Ex- I don't totally remember uh, right right now how long she's around for, but. Um, and I also have to say that I really dislike this direction that Matt's going in. I'm not, like, the biggest fan of Shauna, but, like, 
if you, like, be honest with her, you know, like, if you're not into the relationship anymore, don't, like... like it's, it's, I feel like it'd be so easy for them to just, like, break up right, right now because right. of the distance and, like, they, I don't know if they were totally expecting it to, like, work out, so... I don't know. Don't, like, string her along, though, but, like, it's Matt, so... And also, I don't really understand the motivate, like, what Annie's motivation is here in keeping them together, like, in, like, making sure that... Well, I, like, obviously, yeah. I wasn't serious, but, like, they're, they're, obviously, the first, the pet, I can't speak, but the past few episodes when they made a big deal about, like, is Matt having sex? Like, the Rev and Annie, obviously, just want uh, Matt to not not be able to have sex, so... Well, I would think if they learned that he was hanging out with Heather, they might be a bit more understanding about it, but I don't know. Um, so I guess we'll see what happens. Maybe Matt will be able to redeem himself. I hope he does, because I'm not liking this at all. Um, so we'll move on to Mary mm-hmm. now. Um, so Mary's, I guess, the comic relief here? <laughs> I don't know. I guess. I don't think oh, wait, there is yeah, any comic relief. There is her story. Yeah, okay, never mind. Well, I mean... It a starts, little bit, a little bit. It starts where, so at church, um, Mary is saying something to Lucy about how she, like, doesn't want to talk to Simon, and she, do we find out right no, in church? No, we don't. No, but later on we find out it's, that it's because when they were playing basketball, like, a few days ago, Mary fell on Simon, and he called her, like, Big Butt or something, and she apparently has taken a great deal of, uh... Offense. Yeah, to this... So much so that she's checking out her own ass in the mirror. And um, and Lucy walks in and is like, well, this is when she tells her. Yeah. She's like, I need to know what's going on with you. And um, we'll, get, we'll come back to this conversation because there's this is mostly about Lucy and Ruthie's storyline. Um, but, I mean, Mary does kind of indicate she's like, certain words hurt more than others. I don't know what this exactly... Well, basically, What yeah. the outcome of this was. Um, but you said this... That she basically solved her own problems, so I don't know why her whole beef with Simon continued. Because she basically said, like, well, it doesn't really matter what Simon says about me, but... um, I think it's exacerbated... Exacerbated? Yeah. Exacerbated. um, When she goes to school the next day and she sees her, like, pseudo-friends making fun of other people. And I don't... These also are people we've never seen before... Maybe before, like near the lockers, but they're not her friends. They've never, we've never seen these people. These, this isn't the basketball team, and up until this point, we've it seemed like Mary's all of Mary's friends in high school were the basketball team, so, and these girls are just making fun of all these other girls and like calling them fat and ugly specifically about and, their big butts. Yeah, so I would just like to say that um, this is like a continuity thing because uh, I remember like right after the basketball scandal. Um, Mary was persona non grata, and then... No, these cool girls are, like, gossiping with her. Right, or, They're like... They're not even gossiping with her. She's There's, just there. They, yeah. She's, like, geographically close to them. She's, like, yeah. But um, people are like, people assume that they're friends or, like, have said that they're friends. Um, so she suddenly, like, hit very hard. You know, she's been called Big Butt, <laughs> and now she sees, like, these people calling other girls Big Butt, and clearly, like, you know... Girls are vicious. High school is vicious. And everybody can hear what you're saying. So later on that day, she goes up to one of the girls specifically. Um, I don't remember the character's name. So I'm not going to... Yeah, they, they they were not... Wait, which one? The, the one... 
that she goes up to to apologize on behalf yeah, of. Yeah, I forget, I forget her name, but um, she's, like, obviously very skeptical because she thinks that Mary is, like, a part of the jeering. Um, and it's also, like, very... I mean, it is, like, the perfect setup. Like, the popular girl comes over and talks to you and, like, acts like she's being nice, but it's really just to lull you into this big trap. Um, so... But we get the kind of the crux of, the sto- of like, the um, like storyline for this entire episode, which is, like, just because you're not the one partaking in the hurtful language does not mean, like, doesn't mean that you're innocent. Uh, even when you do nothing, it means you're... You're just as guilty as the people who are, like, directly making the comments. So, Mary, like, that hits Mary quite hard, um, which is, I, we'll go back now to, like, Simon's part in Mary's storyline here, where Simon eventually, like, is like, I don't know what I'm apologizing to you for, but you keep on giving me the silent treatment. So she's like, it's because you said big butt. And he's like, ha, that, like, I was joking, obviously. I say that all the time. And Mary's like, words can hurt people. And she's like, look, you're not a kid anymore, and you're growing older, and now things that you say have a different impact on me than they would before. And, again, this is all about the word, like, words and what they can mean. So she takes the, like, lesson that she gives to Simon and, like, brings it back home, or back to school, I guess, not home, um, where she comes up to the girl who was being made fun of before, and she's like, look, I'm sorry that I never said anything to defend you before, or that, like, I stood there silently while my friends um, said all these horrible things about you, but I don't believe these things, and it's wrong that they did this, and I want you to come to the Miller's (laughs) party, or the Miller party with me. Yeah, because she's like... I was supposed to go with my boyfriend, but he hasn't been answering my messages, so now I'm going to go with you. And she's like, I wasn't invited. And Mary's like, I just invited you. So, and she's still, like, a little skeptical. I don't know. She's not, she becomes, I guess, this, 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 she's not as skeptical because then what happens is the three mean mean girls girls show up again, and they're like, oh, Mary's talking to that girl or whatever. And, um... The girl, like, starts to walk away because she doesn't want to deal with their, like, nonsense. But Mary grabs her and is like, no, you stay. Like, these are the girls that should be leaving. Yeah, and, and she's, she basically is like, oh, you know, I don't know what she says. Well, the Something ma- about, I know, the, I know the last thing she says, but I forget what she says directly to the mean girl about, like, she's just, you know, you shouldn't say mean things. Um, and, yeah, exactly. Just, like, it doesn't make you a good person. And then she tells the the other girls who are friends with the... There's three of them and, like, the minions of the um, main mean girl. Laurel, I think, is the main one. Yeah. um, So the girls who, like, kind of just, like, hang around with Laurel. Mary was like, and what makes you think that they don't say stuff about you when you're not around? And I was like, this is perfect. Yes. Just, like, to be like, well, if someone's going to be mean to strangers, they're probably mean to their friends, too. Their friends. So that's, like, the lesson here. And Mary has a new friend... Hooray. Yeah. And they will go to the party together because Robbie's not calling Mary because he's cheating on her and also because she has a big butt. Yeah. Um, so, Lucy, to get back to... So, like, we kind of covered... So, her story kind of picks up... Oh, in church, when they're in church, Ruthie leans over and whispers to Lucy that she has to tell her something, like, when they get home or in private. 
So when they get home, we see the conversation. I think it's in Ruthie's room. No, it's in the the twins' room. I thought it was in Ruthie's room. Oh, it might be in Lucy's yet. room. No, it was in Ruthie's room. I think it was in Ruthie's room. It definitely wasn't in Lucy's room. But um, they spent. They have a lot of conversations in the twins' room because just as like furniture to remind us that the twins exist. Um, but this is actually a very sweet scene. Uh, if I you, had, you were so touched. I was really touched by this. Um, so Ruthie says that. Her teacher called her stupid. Um, it's a new teacher. Her name is Mrs. Riddle. Miss Riddle. Miss Riddle. She's probably related to Tom Riddle. That's probably why. Um, and basically, uh, she... What is the thing that she says? I wrote it down. She says, uh, teach me how to not let words hurt me. And it's very sweet because uh, at this point, I think Lucy is like... Ruthie is in Lucy's lap, and they're kind of, like... Hugging, and, like, I don't know. Lucy's like, I don't know what to do about this. So, like, the first thing Lucy says is, like, you have to tell Mom. And uh, Ruthie is like, no, I don't want Mom to go and talk to the teacher, because then she'll really hate me, um, and everything will be, like, much more embarrassing. But, so so Lucy asks, when she walks in on Mary looking at her butt in the mirror, she's like, I have to tell you, like, I don't know what to do. I need your help with this. And Mary says, you have to tell... Mom, um, and also she said, like, I don't know exactly how that comes around to it, but, but Mary ends up saying that, like, uh, Simon saying, calling her big butt is, like, not the same as, like, an eight-year-old being told by a teacher that they're stupid. Oh, because Lucy says, you should tell mom about what Simon said to you, and Mary's like, it's not that important. Um, yeah, it's about, like, who's saying the words to who. Um, so even though... Lucy has promised Ruthie that she won't say anything. She realized that she has to. I'd also like to point out that this is one of the first times we've really had a good bonding moment between Lucy and Ruthie. Most of the time, it's Ruthie sassing the fuck out of Lucy in, like, the best way possible. But right now, like, Ruthie's going to her as a, you know, little sister looking up to her big sister. Um, So Lucy ends up telling... Uh, Annie and Ruthie kind of walks in on that and Ruthie is very upset about it. So Annie kind of takes control of the situation from then on. But I'd just like to say that this ends with Ruthie first like calling Lucy a rat um, and it's actually kind of like very well done. She's like can can I take you to show and tell this week? And Lucy's like really? She's like yeah. Cause- doing the revolutionary war and we're covering like traitors and whatever you know like Benedict Arnold and Lucy was like, are you calling me a rat? And she was like, if the tail fits. And then she also, we have another, like, scene where uh, Ruthie's playing big sister to Sam and David, the twins, because she's like, I'd never rat, out, rat, rat you guys out. Um, but at the end of it, Ruthie forgives Lucy and all is well. So we'll get back to how Annie is on the war path. So... <laughs> Anything's yeah. like at first it mu- there must be a misunderstanding. Like Ruthie must have heard wrong, so she has an appointment with with Miss Riddle, who from the beginning is like not nice to Annie. She's like, we, "This is recess time. Uh, the kids are going to be back soon. Like, hurry it up." Uh, and like th- the teacher says, "Oh, I didn't call Ruthie stupid." Um, we find out that she asked Ruthie who like the first president of the United States was. Ruthie said Thomas Jefferson, and apparently the teacher said that that was a stupid answer, and Annie counters that with, uh, well, to an eight-year-old, it's hard to tell the difference, 
And also, you shouldn't... There are no stupid answers, but in real life, there are some stupid answers. Right, but you shouldn't say that to an eight-year-old. Right, not the children. Um, So, this woman is like, look, I guess you're one of these parents that thinks that their children are perfect, but let me tell you... She calls Annie dumb. Yeah, she's like... Children don't don't fall that far from the tr- like the apple doesn't fall that fall that far from the tree and and he's like did you just call me stupid she's like no you're misunderstanding yeah everyone is just misunderstanding poor Miss Riddle um, <laughs> I'm just gonna become a Miss Riddle apologist <laughs> Miss Riddle's basically like we clearly have a difference of opinion and Annie's like yeah yours is wrong <laughs> um, which I got to agree with like I don't te- she's not a good teacher we learn that. Ruthie, it's not only Ruthie that's being called stupid, but Miss Riddle is call, like saying things to other students as well. Yeah, because Annie has a scene with Ruthie. This is in the twins' room, and where she's just kind of like telling her that it's you're not stupid, um, and I'm really upset that Miss Riddle said that because like it makes you think that school is not fun and that learning is bad, and I don't want you to feel that way, and no kids should feel that way, and then Ruthie reveals that um she says it to the other kids so then this kind of wraps up when um annie leads a like during the school day annie leads an army of parents in, and she's like i found more parents or whatever who agree with my uh, opinion as to whether or not you should be calling kids stupid so this isn't really resolved um i mean i know it's resolved later I mean, I told you that yeah. Ruthie ends up transferring schools, so but do we that's coming that, up shortly. That this gets Miss um, Riddle like fired, or at least put on some sort of discipline or something, or is I don't think it does. I think she just like starts being really horrible to Ruthie. Oh, like targeting Ruthie now? Yeah. Oh God, she is evil. <laughs> yeah. Damn it! <laughs> like she's driving someone out of the school. Um, so she she probably should be fired, but. Um, I don't know. The, the, people like this make me irrationally angry. Like, I know everybody's like, oh, Voldemort is evil, but, like, Umbridge? <laughs> no, no but, like, yes. Umbridge was the worst character. How, like, ugh. Anyway, I have a thing about, like, teachers. Mm. Yeah. Or, like, people that, like, hoard control like or, like, power like that over people. Uh, yeah. Other people. Anyway, sorry. I'm getting too heated over here at the headquarters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we'll move on to what is the final storyline, which includes the Rev and Simon, because both of them uh, end up interacting the most with the Carvers. So Simon goes to school with Bobby Carver. And uh, I think, well... Before... We okay, sh- so a- after, the, when we first come back from the opening credits, we're still at church, and the Rev and Annie are talking to everyone as their, like, duty is, and then um, one of the... the Mrs. Carver comes yes. back to apologize, and... Um, well, she comes back because she's left her purse. Oh, yeah. And Annie and the Rev kind of corner her. Yeah, and she says... She apologizes, and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, Bobby has ADD, and... They were like, okay, yeah, that's fine. And I don't think this is when it happens, but at a certain point she's like, we won't bring him back to church. And the Rev is like, no, it's fine. You can bring him back to church. Well, Um, well, Sheila goes... Oh, she says that he gets nervous and... uh, When when they had to stand up. Yeah, he got nervous. And then, um, I don't know, they're not calling them ticks at this point, but she was like, when he gets nervous, he has trouble, like, controlling, I don't know, his symptoms. 
Um, so the thing I liked about this was Sheila's like, he's fine, I'm fine, my husband's fine, everything's fine. And then she walks away, and then the Rev is like, everything is not fine. <sighs> Later on that evening, uh, we have Louis Shea who comes over and visits the Rev. Louis Shea is uh, the one of the parishioners that like his, like his face got zoomed in on during the outburst at church. And he himself uh, suffers from Tourette syndrome, and he like he uh, up, yeah he like he says that he believes that Bobby doesn't suffer from ADD, ADD but actually suffers from Tourette's, and the Rev is like, oh, okay. Um, and we so of course the Rev like this is a thing that apparently the Rev like so many things he just has knowledge off of the top of his head, but. The Rev does some reading, and then he ends up agreeing with um, Dr. Shea, and uh, he calls the Carvers to his office for a meeting. Um, actually, at the same time, like, Simon... Oh, he, he asks... So, also in the meantime, while, while the Rev was doing his research on Tourette's Syndrome, he asks Simon uh, if he knows anything about Bobby, and... Um, Simon is like, oh, they call him Spaz Boy or something. Spasmatic or Spazman. something. Spazman. Yeah, Spazman, yeah. Spazman. And the Rev was like, oh, well, that's not very nice. And we get back to the words hurt, which is the name of a different episode of Seventh Heaven. But um, Basically, the Rev is like, I've told you once before, like, those who do nothing in the face of evil. It's like all, all it takes for evil to prevail is, like, for the good men to watch silently or something or like that. Or do nothing. Which is also the theme of Mary. Even though Mary never interacts with any of her parents, like, she does the whole kind of... Their stories are, like, mirrored um, in each other. So... Uh, the next day at school, it seems like Simon, like uh, the Rev's words have hit Simon because he sees Bobby getting bullied by a bully. Uh, this is a bully we've not seen before. Um, and so he like gets in the way and he's like, well, that's enough. And like brings him down with grammar. That's how Simon does it. Yeah. And then he ends up walking home with Bobby. And I think they end up like kind of being becoming friends just on like the walk home. So... And he learns. Oh. Well, sorry. He learns about like um, what Bobby's like symptoms are. He's like, I don't think it's actually ADD. I think it might be something else. Um, oh yeah, Bobby himself doesn't think he, yeah. he has ADD. Um, so now back to the. And we find out that Bobby is very good at video games, which becomes relevant later on. Yes. Um, but back at the church, um, Mr. Carver is basically exactly fits the formula of like the rev is going to people with I don't want I don't want to say like like a problem um and saying uh that they're like can't they're not recognizing what what the issue that they're having is and the father immediately is like absolutely not not my family don't you come in here and tell me what to do well first um, of all we learn that He's even in denial about his son having ADD. Yeah. And he's upset with his wife for, like... Telling the Rev even that much. And then the Rev's like, actually, it's Tourette's. And then he's even, like, more pissed about that. And he kind of storms out. And we get this, like, lingering scene with Sheila, like, looking back at the Rev, being like, what can I do? Yeah, yeah like, she doesn't say anything. I'm she just, like, shrugs, shrugs her shoulders, and she's like, well, my husband has spoken on the matter. Um, I would just like to mention that... Um, 
before Simon and Bobby walk home, they have another interaction with this bully, but nothing happens after school because the principal kind of is, like, lurking. Yeah, and then he's like, I'm going to fight you one day. tomorrow or one day this week when nobody else is around to protect you. Um, so Sheila shows up at the Rev's house being like, help me, Rev, you're my only hole. That was a Carrie Fisher reference for anybody. Also Star Wars. Um, but, yeah, and he's and he's like, she says basically, like, Bill's in denial. I need, I need you. A, we need a full-scale intervention. Yeah, you need to do something about this. So he somehow gets, even though, like, uh, Mr. Carver is very mad at the Rev, like, gets the Rev to, sh- gets, they both show up to a support group meeting for family families who have family members that have Tourette's. Yeah, like Lewis, I don't know, like knows, sets this up. We get the idea. Um, and he's been in touch. Well, because Lewis, um, we learn that, like, he, so he explains to, um, is the guy's name Bill? Yeah, Bill. Bill and Sheila that um, he, like, leads a perfectly fine life with Tourette's and that once he, like, when he was younger, it was worse, but it's gotten easier to manage as he got older and as a result of his Tourette's he wanted to become like a neurologic like some sort of neurological doctor I don't even know that's not um, <laughs> he said like so, a neurophysicist or a neuropsychologist yeah, and, and, and now he like works with families of people who like uh, and managing like children who have Tourette's so he's like and look I have a perfectly great life now um, and what he says is I know that, like, it was difficult for me having Tourette's as a child, but it was even more difficult for my father. And I'm just like... I hate... Yeah, and yeah, I was like, I, I'm sure it wasn't, was, but... Fine. Um. So Bill Carver is still in denial, and he kind of runs out, and he... I actually did not pay attention to this scene, so if you have anything else to add, but he, he basically talks about how... Someone in his family yeah. had... He's, he's feeling... Okay, so we find out that... I forget who reveals it. Sheila. I think it might be Sheila. Or um, uh, in the first meeting with the Rev, when Bill storms out and is like, my son doesn't even have ADD. Um, We find out that Sheila's family is like, oh, we don't know what's wrong with your son. You didn't get it from our side of the family. So we learn that Sheila's family, like, blames Bill's poor genes for for their child having Tourette's. Um, and we learn from... Bill has some story about someone in his family having Tourette's, I, I guess. Or, like, something about how he was, like, a difficult child for his father, and now he feels like... He's getting, like... Payback with his own child. And it's all, like, it's... I'm sorry. It's all so contrived. Yes. There are a lot of scenes in Seventh Heaven episodes where I have absolutely no interest, and most of the time it has to do with adults. Like, any time... Yes. <laughs> Good. Like, I, I've had... The, yes, I, I think this is like probably a common experience. I don't know. Listeners, please let us yeah. know when, when they have these certain stories. Some of them are interesting, um, but usually when they take on these, like, issue episodes... It's well. It's the same thing over and over again. Number one, and when they t- take it away from the child or the main person, and they focus on somebody else, like 
the, the whatever conversation Bill and um, the Rev have, I completely tuned out. In like two episodes, or the last episode, or two episodes episodes ago, when Annie is having her conversations with Hattie, I completely tuned out. Like I don't. I know, we, we just were like vaguely like talking about it. I just like I am way more interested in like what's happening with the children than I am with like any conversations Annie or the Rev have with other adults. Like, yeah. unless it's, like, Aunt Julie, because she's fun and entertaining, <laughs> right? Like, I don't give a shit. Uh, but anyway, sorry. So I don't know what happened, but basically what we're told is... There's some... Blame. Yeah. Like, he thinks it's his fault. Yeah, and and he's got some history. He, oh, he had a bad family life. Okay. Whatever. Um, so basically, they agree. They're like, I guess our son has Tourette's now. Um, or always did, and now they're recognizing it, and they're going to take the appropriate steps to manage it, and they'll all live in harmony, and that's it. Well, yeah, like, Sheila and, um, Bobby go to the doctor, and Bill shows up later, and it's like, oh, we're all a happy family. Um, meanwhile, with the school bully... Oh, also, wait, 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 huh, there was one more thing in this, where the, when, um, Sheila comes to get help from the Rev, she says, oh, and it's, like, we've also, it's not just, you know, the whole thing with Bobby, but... We've been going through trouble in our marriage, too. And it doesn't seem like it's related. But at the end, when he just shows up, it's like, oh, everything with Bobby is resolved now. So our marriage is perfect again. Oh, God. Um, so the how it, so Bobby's storyline at school ends with the school bully, like, confronting them. And, all, like, Simon's going to fight on behalf of Bobby. But then Simon's like, I have an idea. Let's duel. <laughs> we don't have to solve this with a fight. So he's like... Bobby challenges you to, like, a video game duel. Um, and Bobby goes first, and we never see the end of this, but he's just, like, playing the same level. Like, yeah. he's playing for a long time, and they're like, oh, he still hasn't died? So we, we get the idea that Bobby won, and they didn't get beat up. Uh, <laughs> and Simon's thing is, like, if we win, then you don't get to beat us up, and also you have to stop calling him Spazman. Uh, and also, P.S., they're playing on a Game Boy, so... Yeah. Um... But this is not the last we see of Bobby Carver, apparently. Which I was a little bit surprised to hear, but... Uh, who knows? Yeah. Uh, according to IMDb, he'll be back. I don't know when, I don't know where, but he'll be back. Tune in to find out. <laughs> um, but that is it. Giving it a four. Um, giving it a four. That's my rating. Maybe I, a 3.5. I'm going to give it a 3.5. 3.5. Final answer. Okay. <laughs> um, I think, Don't doubt me. Don't. I think I'm going to give this a... 5.5. 7.5? I was going to give it a 6, but fucking Matt. Um, 5.5. Yeah, and that was just stupid. It was just him avoiding the phone. Again, another episode where, especially now that he's, like, moved out, we could have done without him in this episode and everything would have been the same. They literally could have just used a couple of words to be like, Matt and Sean are on the rocks. And yeah. That's it. And then, like, had Heather show up at the end. And then we would have been like, ah, Heather's back. And this is the... Okay, so this is not something... Actually, I don't know. Uh, I watch a lot of TV shows, so... <laughs> but It's an understatement. Yes. Seventh Heaven does a thing where they list all of their guest stars in the beginning of the episode. And Aaron and I have now been watching this enough that we can... We like, know who Dina is, yeah. and George, and Aunt Julie, and Heather. and So we knew at the beginning that Heather was going to make an appearance. Right. So, I know, obviously we can't do anything in, like, retroactively. But I... 
think it would be better with these like shocking moments. Like I feel like if we they, knew the whole time that, that Heather was, that he show was up, ignoring but, the phone because Heather was going to come in at some point. Yeah, exactly. So like if they decide to, I don't know, it, it would be better if they hid that stuff because then at the end you can go with guest stars. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what and I mean? Guess. Because that's what they do with other shows when they want to hide special people that come on. But whatever, Seventh Heaven. Don't yeah. take my advice. I guess they're hoping that people won't remember. People aren't watching it, like, oh, so sitting down all at once and watching but all these But we're not even, episodes. like, we're watching, like, yeah, a couple yeah, episodes a week. a week, right? So, like, yeah. I don't know, maybe we're just perceptive. I guess we are just perceptive. Well, we are, like, looking everything up about Everyone. episodes after we've watched them, so, yeah. I guess that's true. Um, all right, so, um, if you would like to see what we saw in this episode and what caught our eye... <laughs> Uh, check us out on Instagram and on Twitter. Our Twitter, our handle is at CamdenCast Show. And also check us out on Facebook, CamdenCast. And you can listen on at SoundCloud.com backslash CamdenCast and on the iTunes podcast app. Um, so uh, I'm Erin. I'm Tanvi, and this is CamdenCast. <laughs>